Amen. John uh, is, is a good book. Amen. We could spend quite a bit of time in that book. And last week we were talking about uh, from chapter two. Now, you know, if you've been studying and you've been looking at this thing, John is trying to get us to see who we are in Christ and Talked last week about that which was from the beginning, which we've seen, we've looked, our hands have handled. And then at the end of chapter 2, John tells us that we have this unction, we have the Holy Ghost that's in us, and this spirit, amen, that is in us is is working. You know, there's a song out, even when I can't see him, he's working. Even when I can't feel him, he's working. In verse 27 of chapter 2, John says, but the anointing, which you have received of him abide in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but the same anointing teach you all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, you should abide in him. And now little children abide in him. And that's the, the key, amen, is stand in Christ, amen. No matter what happens, you got to stay in Christ. The Psalms that says in Psalms 91 to he that dwell in the secret place of the Most High would abide under the shadows of the Almighty. And I could say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my strength, my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. He says, surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the norse and pestilence. He will cover me with his feathers and under his wings I shall trust. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Amen. The word of God will protect you. Amen. It'll surround you. I mean, it'll give you comfort. It'll give you excitement, you know. Uh, when you get in there, you start digging that thing out, you know, and you start looking at it, and you go, just like the children of Israel, go, wow, did not our hearts burn while he expound to us the scriptures and open unto us? And that's what God wants. Is He wants us to know him. He wants us to, to understand who he is and what he's able to do and you know, to so that we can have that eternal joy in life that is more abundantly that he has promised to us. And, you know, when we get into the word of God and we study the word of God, amen, and it enlightens us. And that's what John says, that this is the message, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Amen. And if we say we're in him, we're supposed to be walking in the light. As he's delight and we will have fellowship one another and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. And so we want to get right now to chapter three. We want to start chapter three. John goes, uh, he's, he's telling us about the anointing and he's telling us about the light and he's cautioning us. And we saw in chapter two again that this message is for every age. Every age, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, no matter if you're middle age or children, whatever, the same message, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the gospel, amen, is for everyone. Is that changing message that Jesus came to, to bring life, the good news, somebody called it, amen. And the Bible says in Proverbs, you know, the good news, you know, is like, you know, medicine to the bones, it, it heals, it, you know, you get some good news, man, you get excited, you know, you get tired of bad news all the time, you want some good news, right? And notice what got John starts here in the third chapter, in verse 1, behold, amen, he says, listen now, he, he's kind of like a herald, he's out, you know, said, listen, 
I got something to tell you here. I want you to, to listen to what I'm about to tell you. He says, what manner of love the Father have bestowed upon us, or bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Amen. John is saying, look, see how much God really loves you. Look and see how much God really cared for you. You know, he says, Moses, if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 7 real quick, back in the, the, the Pentateuch real quick, Deuteronomy chapter 7. That Old Testament and New Testament. I, I, <laughs> okay. Just keep, just keep you on your toes. Amen. So, let's look at verse 6. Chapter 7, verse 6. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God have chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewers of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, have the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondsmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now know, therefore, that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations and verse 10 and repay them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not slack, will not be slack to him that hate him. He will repay him to his face. Now notice what he's saying. He says, you know, God loves you. I think about that. He says, look, God loves us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. We haven't even realized and scratched the surface of God's love. Wow. See, I can stand here and say, I love you, Sister Vicky, but that ain't going to cut the muster as much as God loves you because I ain't go to the cross for you. <laughs> you know, I didn't give my life for you. He gave his life for you. Amen. What manner? Who would do that? Look at Romans 5 real quick. Go to Romans chapter 5. Amen. Let's see if can we can lay a little groundwork here. <laughs> In verse 1, and, and we'll read down. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom also we have access by faith and to the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations work at patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope make us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. God's love is shed abroad by the Holy Ghost. That's been given to us. Amen. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure or by chance for a good man some would even dare to die. 
But God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. My goodness. While I was out there doing the boogaloo, while I was out there doing electric slide and all that stuff, and acting the fool, and drinking Boone's Farm, and ripple with the ring-a-ding flavor, and all that stuff. When I was a sinner, Christ died for me. Wow. What love. What love. Greater love, Jesus says, had no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. John says, behold, what manner. You, 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 you got to realize here what he's trying to get us to see. Why would somebody do this for someone else? What love. My goodness. Who would not want to reciprocate for someone that did that for you? Knowing that I'm on the wrong track going to head in the death, but he was willing to die that I could live. That's love. He sacrificed. Notice what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 31.3. Go to Jeremiah 31.3. Jeremiah. New Testament, Old Testament. <laughs> okay, let's keep you on your toes. <laughs> Jeremiah 31.3. Jeremiah, writing here, says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. My, my, my. Because it's loving kindness. I'm out there thinking I'm having a good time. But God says, no, you don't understand love, boy. <laughs> you know, he reached down and pulled us out. Amen. That's love. Think about, behold, what manner. What manner of love that he has set upon us. Think about it. Jeremiah, he says, he appeared to me of old, saying to me, yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That means it's never going to quit. It's always going to be there. My, my, my. An everlasting love. Now look at Isaiah 54 real quick. Just trying to lay a little foundation here for this chapter. Isaiah 54, <laughs> old and new. <laughs> it's new. <laughs> it might, people might call it old, but to you and I, it's new. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 54, Isaiah chapter 54. I'll read a little bit of this. Amen. Give me a little touch of God's goodness here. Sing, O barren. 
thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit their Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thy husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord have called thee a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou was refused, saith the Lord. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord of hosts. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me, for I... As I have sworn that the waters of Noah shall no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall be departed, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord, that that hath mercy on thee. And then he goes on in verse 17, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn, for this is the heritage of the saints of the Lord, for their righteousness is of me. But notice what God says, with love, I've only forsaken you for a moment, but with love and kindness, everlasting kindness. Amen. Have I drawn you? Amen. He won't forget you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Amen. That's the God we serve here. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed, for his compassions fail not. They're new. Every morning, great is thy faithfulness. This is how much God loves us. Now, notice here what John is saying. Amen. The reason the world don't know you. It's because they don't know God. See? That's why the world thinks Christians are all mean and Christians are hateful. It's because they don't know God. See? And not until you come into the revelation of the knowledge of who God is, you're always going to look at others the wrong way. You're going to always look at them differently. But once Christ comes into the life, and changes the life, you see through a different lens. You know, you see things a whole lot differently than you did before. So notice what John is saying here in First John. He says the world don't know you because it don't know him. This is why we have a responsibility from the Lord to go into the whole world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
He that is believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. So John is saying, amen here. He says, the world don't know God, so don't expect them to know you. See? Because Paul says, if they had known him, they would not have crucified him. See? The world don't know you because they don't know God. This is what Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, you know. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Uh, he says, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's good for nothing to be kicked out and let men walk all over you. He says, you're the light of the world. You're the city now that is set on the hill that cannot be hidden. Let your light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. He says, you don't buy a candle and put it on a bushel and hide the light. He says, you put it on a candlestick. So it can give light to everybody in the room. See, you're supposed to light up the places that you go. See, all that light in you because God is light. See, and so with Christ in us and we are abiding in him, then we stand out. Kind of like a sore thumb, (laughs) the old saying. But we're supposed to be bright and cheery. We're supposed to be a reflection of everything about Christ in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is supposed to be an operation in our lives. You know, the gifts of the Spirit should be an operation in our lives. You know, the Spirit itself should be living in our lives. The things that people are looking for in Christ should be seen in us who are born again of the water and the Spirit. Say, why? Because we go back to the first part. Because God loved us. See? And if I reciprocate to that love, then I'm going to reflect what is in me. See? That's why he says at the end of chapter 2, if you have the Spirit, the unction, the Holy Ghost, it's going to teach you. It's going to lead you into all truth. See? The Holy Ghost will teach you what you need to do, what you need to say. You, you, you learn how to operate according to the Word of God. That's why when it says that in the whole book of Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 24 says Jesus Christ is what? He's the power of God and he's the wisdom of God. Okay? So when people say, who was Jesus talking to when he was God talking to when he made the earth? He was talking to wisdom. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge. I was witting before the world was ever established. Okay? It's God. Jesus is God. Right? Okay. So guess what? He's going to lead you and guide you to all truth. You with me? That's why Peter says it this way. Add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. For these things be in you and abound. They make that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge 
of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But if you like these things, you're blind and you can't see afar off and you've already forgotten that you was purged from your old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. For you do these things, you shall never fall and you will have an entrance right into heaven. See? So we have to realize that the world don't know God. So don't expect them to know you as a Christian. But if I say that I'm a Christian, then I suppose to know you. Because we're the same blood. We're the same family. See? But we don't expect the world to know us. We expect the world to treat us wrong. We expect the world to curse around us. We expect the world to do all the foolish things we see them doing right now. I think Scripture put it this way, and such for some of you. (laughs) But you're washed, but you're justified, you're sanctified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. See? That's the only difference. We heard the gospel of our salvation. And we took the gospel of our salvation. But what we heard and we repented of our sins, we got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sin. God filled us with the Holy Ghost, set us on the right path. And that's why we don't act like the world. See? So now our job, as I said earlier, is to educate the world. And one of the ways we educate the world is through kindness. Notice what he said. With love and kindness have I drawn you. You win more people with kindness than ever with a search for truth chart. (laughs) You know, when you treat people kind, they're going to realize it. I think the scripture put it this way. If your enemy hungry... Feed him. He's thirsty. Give him something to drink. What's going to happen? You're going to heat coals of fire upon his head. And the Lord will reward you. See? So, so the world doesn't know us. Amen. So we have to make sure, amen, that we're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul write into the church at Corinth in the 15th chapter in the 31st, 4th verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 30, uh, excuse me, 15, verse 34. He says, some have not the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame. Some awake to righteousness. When you get up in the morning, I'm going to do right. It's all in our psyche. If I'm going to do right or do wrong. God is a God of righteousness. I got a robe. You got a robe. All God's children got a robe. My Lord, when I get to heaven, I'll put on my robe. Thanks all over. Cousin. See, awake to righteousness. That's why if you, if you go back and you read the 15th chapter of Psalms, Psalms to ask the Lord, who's going to dwell in this holy place? He has clean hands, pure heart, all these things. He's a righteous God. And so, therefore, we must 
be right. We've got to live right. We've got to do right. So Paul says, some have not the knowledge of Christ. And I, God, and I speak that to your shame. Say, we have a responsibility to let the world know who God is. Let's look at Acts chapter 17. Acts 17, verse 22 through 34. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotion, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him I declare unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needeth anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and have made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live, we move, we have our beings, as certain also of your own people, uh, poets, excuse me, have said, but we are also his offsprings. For as much then as we are the offsprings of God, we are not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold and silver or stones graven by art of man's device. At the time of this ignorant, God winked that, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent, because he have appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he have ordained, whereof he have given assurance unto all men, and that he have raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them, howbeit certain men cleaved unto him and believed. Among them was uh, Denisius and Arithiate and a woman named Demarius and others with them. Notice what was Paul's doing. He declared to them, who Jesus was. See, he says, I, I, I held your devotion and I understand I see you a worship and an inscription here to the unknown God. See, we need to make him known. See, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him which has called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Amen. Because the world knows him not. Amen. Then we have a responsibility. Your mission as the children of God, if nothing else, is to make people understand God so loved the world. That God loved them. That God cared. Explain Calvary to them so that they have an understanding. Amen. If not, they're going to keep hating people. They're going to keep doing wrong. And we have the responsibility to make him known. Look at Luke chapter 22. Luke 22. Verse, I mean, excuse, excuse me, Luke 10, 10, 22. Luke 10, 22, my mistake. 
10.22. Jesus speaking here says, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Father, the Son is, but the Father, and who the Father is, but the Son, and to whom the Son will reveal him. Notice. The Father knows the Son, the Son knows the Father, and anyone who's going to know the Father, the Son's got to reveal him, right? Amen. You see how it works? The Lord knows them that are his, the Bible tells us. And let everyone name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. See, so we have a responsibility. Jesus says, no man knows the Father but the Son, and no man knows the Son but who the Father is and who the Son will reveal it to him. This is why when Jesus was talking to Philip, and Philip says in John 14, 9, show us the Father and it suffice us. Jesus says, have I been so long with you, Philip, and you don't know who I am? He that has seen me have seen the Father. And how sayest thou, show me the Father? Believe me that the Father is in me, and believe me for the work's sake. See, he revealed to him what? Who the Father was. That's why he says, nobody knows who the Son is but the Father, and nobody knows who the Father is but the Son, and who the Son is going to reveal him to. See, that's why on Acts chapter 9, when Paul is on the road to Damascus, amen, and all of a sudden, this bright light take him off his horse, amen, and he's, he's blind, and he hears a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It's hard to kick against the pricks. And what did Paul say? Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. You know, it's hard to kick against the pricks, Paul. You know, notice. And from that moment, Paul says, Lord, what would you have me to do? And from that point, he tells him to go to the street called Straight, and it will be told him what he should do. And from that moment, the next thing you pick up on is Paul is preaching Jesus Christ. And he will tell Timothy in 1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifested in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. And he was received back up in the glory. Paul had a knowledge of understanding of who God truly is. And he knew that God was Jesus Christ manifested in the flesh. How? Because the Son revealed it to him. See? And I pray he has revealed himself to you as he has revealed himself to me. Amen. Everything flows. He should, once he reveals who he is, oh, what matter of love that almighty God would robe himself in the flesh and come to the earth and seek and to save that which was lost, which was me. That's why Paul says, I am the chief of sinners. You know, and he told Timothy, he says, I thank my God who, who, who found fit to put me into the ministry. I feel like Paul. I got to tell you, you hear me talk about some of my life and some of the foolishness to put me in the ministry after all the stuff that I did. I thank God for that love. What great love the Father has bestowed upon us. Amen. The world is not going to know you. 
Amen. So don't try to blend in. Your job is to get them to see who he is. Let your light shine so that they will have a knowledge, a revelation of who he is. Amen. Praise God. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Start in verse 9. Then we'll jump down to 14 through 17. But you're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. See, the, the, the world needs to have this spirit. They need to be filled with the Holy Ghost just like you and I. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance. That's your initial evidence that you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The initial, the Spirit. Amen. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, which means Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. Amen. Notice, we're joint heirs with God. Amen. He's dad. Amen. <laughs> what a great God we serve here. Amen. So don't expect the world to know you because it doesn't know him. If the world knew him, it would know you. Because they're not going to treat you mean. No Christian going to treat you mean. Ain't no Christian going to talk bad about you. Amen. They're not going to call you names. I don't care where church they go to. If they're true Christians, they ain't going to do it. Man, can you imagine the Christian cursing somebody out? Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> you can huff and puff all day long. You know, you can get mad all you want. Uh, but if the wrong words come out of your mouth, you better check the Holy Ghost. Because <laughs> you don't get bitter water out of a sweet fountain. <laughs> hey, you might get a little hot under the collar, but the Holy Ghost kicks in real quick. Say, so don't you dare. <laughs> what manner of love. Amen. That the Father is as restored upon us. Amen. It does not yet appear what we shall be. Amen. But we know that when he appear, we shall be like him, or we shall see him as he is. And everyone that have this hope in him, what do we do? We purify ourselves. We take a good look at us. If I'm looking for to see God, 
That's how Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. He says, examine yourself. Pick yourself up. I think it's 1 Corinthians. Let me make sure here. I don't want to give you wrong scripture. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch you. Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Amen. Check yourself out. Make sure you're doing the, the right thing. Amen. Run a, run a interference test in your life each and every day to make sure that you're what you say that you are and what you are designed to become. Purify yourself. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil from your doing. You know, the way you watch you, if anytime you start feeling like going against the word of God and the things of God, it's time to put on the brakes. Because you want to keep yourself pure. That's what Jude says. But beloved, keep yourselves in the love of God. Say, don't let your love go. Do I speak with the tongue of men and angels and have not charity? What am I doing? I'm making a bunch of noise. See, I've got to have love. See, it's what he's trying to get us to see here. Amen. It's very important of who we are. If I'm going to see him, if I'm going to be like him when he appears, man, I got you got to work this thing. See, that's why he says to Peter, add. Say, every day you need to add some knowledge. You need to add some virtue. You need to add some temperance. All this, you got to have self-control. Because if not, you're going to get out of control. <laughs> Isn't it amazing the things that God gave us with the Spirit? So that we could be like Him. The love. The joy. The peace, the patience, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, the faith, the meekness, the temperance, so that we can be like him. He gave us everything. That's why the scripture says everything you have need of, he's given it to you. Because he wants you to be pure. He wants you to be holy. That's why Hebrews twelve fourteen says, follow peace with all men and holiness Without shall no man see the Lord. You've got to be holy. You've got to separate. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice what Paul tells the church in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Be ye therefore, starting verse 1, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. See? Oh, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That's why he said, John says, you got to abide in him. If you abide in him, you're going to abide in his love. If I abide in him, guess what? i got to walk like him. It's not me. It's him. 
If I have Christ on, guess who's walking? He is. And so therefore, we walk as he walked. We walk with the love. So, so, so Paul says, behold what, be you followers as God, as dear children. We just saw in the Romans, he called us children. We are adopted into this thing. So as his children, we have got to set a good example. We walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given us given himself for us an offering and as a sacrifice to God for sweet smell and savor, but fornication, all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named amongst you as becoming saints. <coughs> Notice, once we're born again, the world's got to go. You don't need me to stand here with a gun on your head. Remember the song Philip Craig and Dean? I choose to be a Christian. I choose to be like him. There's nobody making me do it. This is how I choose to live. You decide for you and I'll decide for me. Since the choice is mine, this is what I choose to be. Okay? Because of this, this is what I choose to be. If I say I'm his and I know him, then I ought to do him, what he says. Hebrews tell us, love it, you know, we must should give the most earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, you know, and they receive a just recompense of more. How should we escape if we neglect so great salvation? If we reject what God has given to us and God is trying to show us and God is trying to do through us, we ain't going to get it. Remember last week I told you when we saw the parable about the wedding? Remember we talked about that? The guy got kicked out because he wasn't prepared. He had preparation. He had time to prepare. It's no different in us. From the time we're saved, from the time we hear the gospel, we've been given warning. And once we are born again, we need to get ready. Think about how much God has given us chance to get right. That's why Peter says, look, look, look what Peter said in Second Peter, chapter 3, real quick. Don't forget God's love, man. If you get into God's love, you won't forget this stuff. <laughs> Amen. Chapter chapter 3. Amen. Real, real quick. Amen. <laughs> the second is in New Testament, Old Testament. Okay, okay, Old Testament, right? All right. The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, and both which I stir up your pure mind by ways of remembrance. Amen. You remember what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1? He says, stir up the gift that is in you. Amen. Get the Holy Ghost moving, man. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it alive. Keep it on fire. You remember when Moses and Aaron, what did God tell them? Don't ever let the fire go out the altar. You got to stay hot. 
And the more of God's word you keep putting in you, man, you're going to be bubbling over. Amen. So John, I mean, Peter says, you know, this second of him, he said, I want to stir up your mind and I want you to remember some things. That you be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of, to, of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this, that first there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continued as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the waters and in the waters, whereby the world that was then being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and prediction of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things should be dissolved, what manner of persons are you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the Elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we are according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and with and blameless. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul. Also, according to the wisdom given to him, have written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, and which are sometimes hard to be understood, which they are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest also being led away with your error of the wickedness fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Peter says, you know it's going to happen. He says, you know this world is going to go away. You know it's going to melt with fervent heat. He says, so what matter of persons ought you to be? You ought to be godly. You ought to be holy. You ought to be righteous. You ought to be pure. See? Because none of us know when it's going to happen. But you're looking for that place. And he says, since you're looking for it, make sure you're found. So don't let this stuff be named amongst you as Become saints. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, for the world knows us not because it don't know him. Amen. But we, we see him. 
We're going to be just like him because we're going to see him as he is. And everyone that has this hope purifies himself even as he is pure. Amen. Praise God. Wow. Makes you want to run through a troop and leap over a wall. <laughs> and that's all through the Bible. Right? Amen. God bless you. Let's take a break. <laughs>